Hey there, friends of Holy Shenanigans Podcast. I'm thrilled to share that I'll be recording live from the Wild Goose Festival this July 11 through 14. Wild Goose Festival is a transformational community grounded in faith-inspired social justice. It's a one-of-a-kind gathering that brings together activists, artists, and seekers from all walks of life to explore justice and art, spirituality, and community. The festival will take place at Van Hoy Farms in Union Grove, North Carolina, and I'd love for you to join me there. From engaging workshops to inspired panels and interactive experiences, Wild Goose has something for everyone. So mark your calendars and let's be part of this incredible community that is committed to making a positive impact in the world. For more information, visit www. WildGooseFestival.org. As one of my followers, use a discount code A-TLE24. That's A-TLE24. And you'll get $50 off the price of an adult weekend ticket. We will see you there at the Wild Goose Festival to connect, to build community, and to work for social justice. Welcome to Holy Shenanigans. I'm your muse, Tara Lamont Eastman, a poet, a pastor, and a podcaster. In week four of the Lenten season, we hear the familiar parable of the prodigal son, but hear it in a new way. In episode 81 of Holy Shenanigans podcast, Mr. G's Garden. It's time to celebrate what's lost, being found. A leader of a small group clicked the forward button on the PowerPoint presentation, and the screen shone with the image of Rembrandt's Return of the Prodigal Son. It was a dim image. The painting showed the dramatic scene of the return home of this biblical parable. The young man collapsed at the feet of his father, dressed in dirty clothing, one shoe on, one shoe laying askew in the foreground. Behind the father is a crowd of people onlookers waiting to see what was to happen. Would the father forgive the son? Would he reject him? Are the people in the crowd hoping there will be reconciliation or just desserts? All of these questions rattled in my mind as I took in this beautiful painting. And then I heard the presenter ask a clarifying question. If you were to put yourself in this painting, what person would you be? The father? the prodigal son, or the son who had stayed home? Would you be an onlooker in the crowd? Who would you be? And why do you think you would be that person? Who are you in this story? The question took me off guard. I considered the various seasons of my life and carefully thought about their question. Who am I in this story? There are times that I have been the prodigal as well as the parent. There are times I have been the angry sibling, as well as the onlooker. But now, today, who am I in this story that calls for all characters to celebrate what and who was lost and now is found? Is it easy for me to enter a space of celebration for those experiencing reconciliation or homecoming? 
Or am I longing for homecoming myself? This is the power of good art, isn't it? It takes a scene or story that seems familiar and turns things in a way so that it all seems new. The story moves off the page and comes alive in our own experience. It's not just any story. It becomes our story. And so this question can be asked time and time again. Who am I in the story? Who are you? Speaking of stories, years ago, I wrote a parable based on this parable of the prodigal son as my own attempt to paint a new picture with it. How could I help this known story come off the page and enter daily life? For this week's podcast episode, I shift from my usual focus on poetry to that of a short story called Mr. G's Garden. This story takes place in the middle time, the in-between, the time in the prodigal son story where his son has left home and before he returns back home. I love the idea of what happens in the in-between time of this parable. And as you listen, I invite you to consider that question, who are you in this story and why? I remember the day that Mr. G's youngest son left to make a life for himself away from the family farm. Our family had worked for Mr. G even before I was born, so my memories of him and his two boys farming together were an extension of my own family life. I honestly can't remember Mr. G's boys not being a part of my life. And by the way, my name is Paige. Every morning it was my job to collect water from the well for the morning household chores. As I carefully carried gallons of fresh water in the bucket on my head, Mr. G would smile and greet me saying, Here you go, Paige, and placed a fresh plucked flower from his own flower bed behind my ear. A daisy for my day star. This was Mr. G's daily ritual, calling me by the name of a flower and giving me a flower from his very own garden. You see, Mr. G had planted many different wildflowers in his flower beds. He would water and weed those flowers as his morning ritual, just like my carrying of water. Our days began with water carrying and flower tending as we waited for his boys to get ready to leave for the day's work. Mr. G had two sons, Michael and Simon. Michael, the youngest, was fun-loving and free-spirited. Simon, the eldest, was serious and focused on tending to the farm. There was a buzz of activity about the farm that morning as I'd walked to the well. I overheard Molly and Joseph in the kitchen saying, how dare that child ask for his inheritance now? Maybe he's just not interested in farming like Simon. Michael is a free spirit, exclaimed Joe. Well, free spirit or not, Simon is the eldest and he deserves his reward before Michael. You have to earn your way in this world, you know. Molly's words echoed in my ears as I looked at Mr. G. He looked tired this morning, but he still smiled. He gave me my flower and called me by the name of the flower from one of the flowers in his garden. There was a sadness in his eyes as he looked out past the gate towards the horizon. Who was he looking for? Did Michael really leave the family farm? Without any conversation, Simon came down and met his father and they quietly walked off together to begin the daily chores. Days passed, and there was no sign of Michael. 
Some days, Michael used to play hide-and-seek in the garden with me, and I missed the fun we used to have. So I asked Simon if he would play a round of hide-and-seek, but he growled, Don't you have something better to do than playing silly games? I think Michael is playing enough games for all of us. Morning after morning and water bucket after water bucket, Mr. G and I would chat about the flowers and how we took care of them. Mr. G said, You know, Paige, Rose Petal, people are a lot like flowers. Flowers, I exclaimed. I know you tell me I look a lot like a flower, but how do I act like one? Mr. G smiled and began to explain. First, flower seeds have to be planted in good soil. Then the flower seeds need to be watered, get plenty of sunshine. Hopefully the flower seed can break out of the soil, turn towards the sun and be nourished so it can grow to full bloom. Excuse me, Mr. G, but how can a flower seed do anything? Doesn't the gardener control what happens to the flowers? Not really, Paige Petunia. I've tried to grow many different kinds of flowers in this very flower bed. I've planted them in the best soil, watered them every morning, and removed the weeds. And sometimes the seeds just don't grow. I thought I noticed a tear roll down Mr. G's face. Every one of us is like the flower seed that is called to be drawn out of darkness and dirt to be nourished by the sun. Mr. G, can I ask you a question? Certainly, Paige Sunflower. Are you hoping that Simon and Michael are drawn out of the dirt and show the world who they are, like the flowers? Yes, dear one. It has been my hope that my children would turn towards the light of love and grow. Paige Tulip, all in all, the good gardener only wants to see the beauty of the flowers they planted the gardener wants to see all the color, vividness, and joy bursting from each and every petal. A good gardener wants to see their garden grow as beautiful and strong as it can be. Like God, the great gardener, I desire that my children, Simon and Michael, will find a way to be happy and fulfilled, to receive all the light they need to grow and to become all God has called them to be. Those kids of mine have wonderful gifts, you know. I can't wait to see how and who they grow up to be. Mr. G and I sat on the edge of the flower bed, picking weeds and listening for the morning birds singing. Paige Frisia, I'd best get out to the fields now. There are more flowers out there for me to check on. So he got up from the flower bed and started to walk down the path to the front gate of the farm. Just as he reached the gate, Mr. G turned and looked back to me and said, Hey there, Paige Petunia. Please remember that love is a gift that is given, not earned. I pray that both Michael and Simon remember this gift of love, too. I thoughtfully listened to Mr. G's words, his concern for his boys, and how he cared for all the flowers of the fields. And I said, Mr. G, I know that love is a gift because you share it with me every day when we walk together and talk together. How could anyone forget a love like that? You are a good gardener, Mr. G. Mr. G smiled and said, Thank you, Paige, for that reminder. Do you know why I always call you by the name of a different flower, including your first name? 
It's because I see the great and unending love of God blooming in you every day. Just envision it, Paige, what gifts God is growing in you today to bloom tomorrow. Keep on growing in the light of the sun. You will bloom in ways that will show God's love to the whole world. With those kind and wise words, Mr. G headed out to the field as one who knew love because he had received love and had hope in his heart that all might remember that it is a gift that can only be given, not bought or earned. Humble seeds, flowers, and people bloom in the light of love. Every day, Mr. G continued to watch and water and weed in the lives of the flowers and waited expectantly for the morning that his garden and his children would be drawn out of the soil, be nourished by the sun, and show their wholehearted beauty to the world around them. The parable of the prodigal son is an expression of the complex structure of family relationships, grace, forgiveness, and God's position of always coming to us. The character of the father is a sketch of God's grace-filled attitude towards humanity. God desires us to come back home. In my story, Paige is witness to this family story. She is far enough away from the family to notice details that might otherwise be missed. Paige is in the in-between space with the father in this story. She helps the father prepare for that someday reunion with his youngest son and helps him to hold space for growth in his relationship with his eldest son. Paige is there in the weedy middle and is present with Mr. G as he waits for the time he can share reconciliation and celebration for what was lost being found. In the original story of the prodigal son, or in this story of Mr. G and Paige, we can wonder about which character we most relate to. But it's essential to know that welcome and reconciliation is the in-between space where God is. God, like Mr. G, has lots of flowers to tend to and is always about this nurturing work. This is the gardener and the garden that Paige knew so much about. This story of the prodigal son in Mr. G's garden reminds me of Hildegard's Veriditas, or greening, that God calls the beloved humanity back home to be restored, to be whole, to thrive. God calls us home to love, to grace, to forgiveness. Is it time to come home to a loving, nurturing, and Mr. G-like God? A God of grace, of light, of warmth, of comfort, and healing. Remember how that Rembrandt painting helped bring the story of the prodigal son off the page for me? Do you remember the question I was asked? Who are you in this story and why? Who are you in this story of restoration? It was a good question then, and is an even better one now. Is it time to move forward from the in-between to a time of reunion, of binding together and celebration of the lost being found? I am your holy shenanigans muse, Tara Lamont Eastman. 
Thank you for joining us this week for Holy Shenanigans that surprise, encourage, redirect, and turn life upside down, all in the name of love. This is an unpredictable spiritual adventure that is always sacred, but never stuffy. Thanks to Ian Eastman for sound editing, and thank you for listening to this week's short story. We hope it will inspire you to ask the question, who are you in the story and why? We hope that this will draw you into a time of being found and well-needed celebration and homecoming.